And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, host here on the Startup Hustle for all things e-commerce and Amazon. Um, excited to be back today. I've got a good guest, another Missouri guy that I, I'm excited to kind of put on and get to show a little bit about his story and his company and, and kind of dig into the entrepreneurship stuff. Brett, welcome to the show. What's up, Andrew? How are you, man? Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Um, it was uh, an old friend that connected us. So, that, you know, it immediately starts us off as friends in my book. And, um, <laughs> sure. you know, just to get just excited to, to hear a little bit more about, um, you know, OMG Commerce. My last memories, I, I just said that I was on the Missouri State University Design Thinking Board, which I think that's just a big title for free advice in some ways. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the last time I was in Springfield, I was recording for my band, um, recording our nice. album. It was it was awesome. Uh, this guy had like the coolest, we stayed in the coolest church turned into um, like a five guy dorm i guess so it was like this old church turned in like this dad made it for his kids it was like the coolest house i had been in that uh, sounds amazing downtown springfield missouri somewhere dude that is where i am right now not in this amazing uh church turned studio we're talking about but yeah downtown springfield mo uh, i hail from kansas City, where my family's from but it's a cool spot man yeah missouri state is here uh, a lot of a lot of like a good entrepreneurial vibe in good old springfield mo and great place to build a company, build a team. And so, so yeah, excited yeah, to be here. It's got a lot of young energy and, um, you know, my days in the, in the band space, as you want to call that, I know everyone talks about it differently, but, um, in that scene, like I've seen so many people from that space, um, come into entrepreneurship and really do some like really creative things. And so when I, when I see that or hear that or know of a place that, that has that energy, I'm like, they always have a good um, creative energy about them. And, and Springfield is one of those places I've always enjoyed, um, you know, the people from there. Yeah. At, at one point in time, and this is not like a commercial for Springfield, but at one point in time, it was like listing the top 100 mid-sized cities to to start a business or something like that uh and that's interesting you say that I'm, I'm not musical at all i wish i was i wish i could play the guitar or sing or be a rock star i've got no talent at all but uh, it kind of makes sense though that someone that, that is good at that like it's not a bad transition to be an entrepreneur for the right person like that that creativity that willingness to take risks you know like um uh, the bootstrapping mentality um so that's that's interesting i thought of that. throw it throw it all into a van you know and just go all in i think like with any yeah. creative and I still experience this today. Um, a lot of creatives, like they're strictly creative, have a hard time with the business side. Um, right. You know, right. because it feels like it's contradictory to their creative juices, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Crucial, soul, re so regimented. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for the ones that can, like, you know, um, figure that out, I think that, yeah, it makes a really good mix, um, you know, kind of coming from that. And I learned uh, marketing, learned B2B sales, learned all types of stuff. 
uh, Springfield is on the top of my list. So had a lot of good memories. Awesome, there. man. Good to hear it. Let's talk about let's talk about you and uh, OMG Commerce, but let's go a little bit before kind of just what you guys do. Um, this is a, a podcast by entrepreneurs, by founders, for founders. Um, you're the CEO there. Is that correct? Yep. CEO and, and co-founder. So started the business with my business partner, Chris Brewer in 2010, but yeah, I'm the, I'm the CEO. Okay. Awesome. Um, can we go like, can we go a little bit further back than that? Would you mind just give me a little bit of backstory on like how you got into, you know, this space? Uh, we're going to talk about YouTube marketing tips, but I would love yeah. to just know a little bit about you before we yeah, get yeah, in. Yeah. yeah, man, absolutely. So uh, a couple things, like I, I don't really have many entrepreneurs in my family. My dad was and is like super hard worker, very dependable, like just everybody trusts him and he can fix anything, do anything. Uh, I didn't inherit that skill. Like I'm not a handyman. I just call my dad or my father-in-law or somebody, but like I, I inherited the work ethic from my dad. But I remember as a kid, always being fascinated by like why people chose stuff. Why do you like Nike over Adidas? Or why do you buy this kind of tire? Like really weird stuff. I would, I remember asking kids like, why did you choose this brand? Or what do you think about this thing? Like I was just always fascinated by consumer behavior. And, and I remember one of my earliest memories of thinking maybe advertising would be cool is uh, uh, you're, you, you're younger than me, I'm pretty sure, but uh, looking at the Ginsu knife uh, infomercials, I remember watching yeah. these as a kid and those were, those are the infomercials where like the, the dude cuts through a, a Pepsi can with the knife and then he cuts through a tomato, like he's slicing through butter and then does all these other things. And I started thinking like, that's really cool. And that's fun. And I wonder who makes those, like who makes those commercials? And uh, so anyway, uh, really have always liked business, kind of got into sales during college and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, man, it's kind of had like an entrepreneurial bug, almost like an entrepreneurial calling, you know, to, to, to start something, to do something and loved advertising, loved what makes people, you know, make decisions, what makes people buy. And uh, so, yeah, we you know, kind of read some books, encountered some marketing people along the way. Got a job at a radio station when I was in college that kind of just further sparked all of this. And uh, and then, yeah, I ended up starting my first agency right out of college, which probably isn't like the typical road to success. I remember my dad, I think, was pretty disappointed. He's like, just go get a job. What are you doing? Go get a job. Don't you know, don't start an agency. But uh, obviously glad I did. And, he, and he's glad I did now, so, too, as well. So. What was that first agency? Was it? Was it? Uh, yeah. So local ad agency, Curry Marketing, right? Super creative. My last name is Curry, so Curry Marketing. It's big uh, now. With Steph. We got stuff now. He's made. He's put that name. Uh, on exactly. The map. And I'm a I'm a basketball guy. I actually coach um, some. So I think if you saw my jump shot next to Steph's, I think you'd see the family resemblance. Uh, not not even at all. But. Uh, so, so yeah, so Curry Marketing, and we did like TV, radio, print, like I dabbled in everything marketing, started reading, you know, like Jay Abraham and Dan Kennedy, I don't know if, if those names ring a bell, mm -hmm. or marketing legends like David Ogilvie and, and uh, John Hopkins, Tested Advertising Methods, and, and uh, or, uh, John Capel, sorry, Claude Hopkins, Tested Advertising um, Methods, Scientific Advertising. And so anyway, just, just really fell in love with, with marketing and advertising and, and tried a little bit of everything before getting into online marketing. And it's like, hey, this this is it. This is this is where I need to be, you know? Yeah, I I, I kind of agree. I was talk, talking about the band days. Um, my dad was like, why are you not? I was going to school for computer science, networking and security. So I was like, 
taking my finals on on tour, like, you know, proctoring <laughs> tests and I was all in. Um, but I wanted a backup plan. Um, and I wanted a degree for myself. Um, being the first in my family to get, you know, um, um, a bachelor's degree at that time. Awesome, and thank you. And so it was like a goal, even though I was going all in on, on the band stuff, the band, yeah, being a rock um, star. but I got this degree and, um, it was just like that. My dad was like, get an internship, get a job. You know, I'm like, this is my job. Like I'm getting paid <laughs> to do this. I just have to work for other jobs too. Yeah. Um, and I'd always been good with computers. Like my dad had just raised me building them. Um, I'm I wouldn't say I'm from an entrepreneurial family. I'm, my parents were all missionaries. Um, and so I'm fourth generation PK. I know a uh, lot of uh, MKs, a lot of missionary kids who become entrepreneurs, salespeople, like very successful people. Yeah. I, I think it just teaches you how to be in different environments, how to talk to all different types of people, yep. how to think outside the box with not a lot, you know, because income is what it is, yeah. um, you know, and but from that, I, I fell in love with e-commerce. I, I went out from school. I went to networking security, hated it, found e-commerce about nine years ago, and I haven't looked back. It's been, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and the thing about e-commerce is it's broad. It's so broad. It's not, you know, we're talking, we're going to talk about YouTube here in a little bit, but it's, it's Amazon, it's websites, it's, um, it's, you know, social media, it's, um, you know, it's yeah, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And so what's also kind of interesting, so so I was doing a little bit of everything, but I really fell in love with TV, like TV ads. That's what I really liked. And not not like just brand building TV ads, but direct response TV ads, right? So almost okay. like almost like infomercials, but I liked miniature infomercials. And so really got into that. And then uh, in 2010, when my business partner and I started OMG, uh, we did a lot of search-based marketing and SEO, and I fell in love with that too. And then it was kind of as things came around, you know, uh, that I started dabbling in YouTube ads and, and I was kind of like, man, this was like the marrying of all my worlds of the you know, video stuff that I always loved. And then search based intent based marketing and kind of blend it together with YouTube. And so it all kind of came together. And, and then e-commerce started dabbling in e-commerce in like 2012. And uh, just again, just fell in love with it. like I, I was in the early e-commerce buyer, right? I love that as a consumer to buy stuff online. And I also love just being able to connect the dots, right? You can see all the data. I remember back in the old days when I would help like a car dealer or something with their advertising, nobody really knew like what did the TV ad work or the radio or the newspaper? Like people were just guessing. And, and obviously you get a little more scientific than just guessing, but you were just guessing. But with, with e-com, like you can see everything, see all the data, you know, attribution is at least pretty clear and, and attribution's a a messy subject uh, too, but you can still see what's happening. And so, yeah, lo love the e-com world for sure. Yeah, I love the instant gratification of being in e Yeah, yeah. Right, it's like, I put these products up yesterday, you could, or like 15 minutes ago, really, you can get a sale in 15 minutes, depending on what you're doing. Maybe you make a post on Instagram or um, speaking to YouTube, it was several years ago, I was working with a brand, Elementium Lighters. And this guy actually used to work with Lincoln Park and a bunch of like bands is how he built his nice. conglomerate, nice. helping them get online back in the day before they were big. And um, now he buys brands, fixes them up, had hired Mark Nolley to help him do that. And they were doing some things that I just hadn't experienced yet in my agency. Um, and they were going to spend $10,000 on a YouTuber to do an unboxing. Okay. And um, I think like the brand, I'm also like from you know, you make the most out of nothing kind of mentality. And um, I was just like, you know what I could do with $10,000 <laughs> on yeah. Amazon ads yeah, to yeah. grow this? Like, right. you know, I can, I'm good at this. Like, give me that $10,000. Yeah. 
um, I don't know what this YouTube is going to do, you know, and I learned quickly. This was several years ago, but, you know, I think we did 80 something thousand that week that he dropped his video on YouTube and um, I changed my perspective of kind of that world. And, you know, even if even if Amazon is my world, what can YouTube, what can off Amazon efforts do to help my brands grow? And that's kind of how I first started interacting with YouTube and things like that. I have a I have a wild card question for you. Yeah, throw it out there, man. I, I like the sounds of this. Hulu. Have you started running ads on Hulu yet? I heard it's self-managed. No. So that's super interesting. I've not run any ads on, on Hulu. Uh, most of our efforts are on youtube.com and, and the mobile app. And kind of like I mentioned before, you know, more of a direct response type yeah. approach. And so all of our clients are trying to hit specific cost per acquisition or cost per conversion metrics. Not and so we found that's, that's easier in a platform where, you know, they're measuring clicks and conversions. So I think there's a ton of potential with, with Hulu advertising. We are on, on the, on the Amazon side where we're exploring, we do a lot with Amazon DSP. I'm not sure if, if you do much with that, Andrew, but mm -hmm. we're exploring some OTT video options, which that just stands for over the top. It just means that uh, like, like, you know, streaming ads through um, the various Amazon uh, video platforms. And so with that, Amazon can track behavior because I know when a user is logged in and they're watching a video and then when they go and purchase something on Amazon, so they can kind of connect the dots. I think it's a it'd be a little trickier with Hulu to be able to see, okay, this ad led to these conversions. And, and yep. most of our clients want that more direct attribution, but I, I'm excited about it. I, I just watching the way people consume media, you know, I mean, like we, if, if my wife and I are going to watch uh, any kind of sitcom or documentary or whatever, it's going to be Hulu or Netflix or something. Right. Know? So, and it's like, it's to me, when these channels open up, it's like a land grab a little bit. And just like when video was added to Amazon, if you are a brand with videos tailored to be able to run in an ad format, we were just cleaning up. Because, you know, there wasn't competition in those spaces for those keywords. Well, like like um, sponsor brand video and stuff? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, that, that, that's amazing. It's amazing stuff. So it was like, I, I feel like I knew like a year ahead that it was coming out. And not because of any partnerships, just like I'm living and breathing this stuff, you know. And you, you're talking to reps, you get a little piece here and a little piece here. And you're like putting it together, what's coming out. And, um, you know, being ahead and being able to try those things. Um, I'm definitely someone that likes to, to dabble. Um, you know, with the new technologies to kind of keep my hands in the weeds a little bit. I'm sure you're the same where totally. we have teams now, but like um, there's some of it that I'm still passionate about and I like to get in there and, and you know, and kind of learn like DSP, for example, um, I hated it when it first came out <laughs> uh, just because of that attribution. There's some easy things to hate about Amazon DSP. It's super cool. And, and, you know, we get a lot of benefit out of it, but yeah, there's, there's some things to dislike about it for sure. Yeah. And the size brands I'm working with too, a lot of times are, they directly want to see that ROI and that, yeah. you know, that ROAS, that, that return. It's why I moved to Amazon away from affiliate marketing, away from um, social media or like some of the other things you can do, like when you're trying to be a freelancer is because Amazon had a direct line from ad to sale or from effort to sale. And it was easy to point that, you know, paint that picture, yeah. so to speak. Um, so yeah, like, and you know, I'm actually working with Amazon in a case study with attribution right now, oh, sweet. Um, as, as a struggle as it that. is like, yeah. yeah, uh, using, using Amazon attribution, that, that specific tool. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
So, um, yeah, some of the stuff we get, you know, through our partnership with Amazon is just, you know, access to those betas, access to case studies. You know, if we've got 50 brands at Marknology, um, they want to work through us who then work through the brands. You know, that's yeah. how they want to train down. So, but I, I totally get it. And um, knowing that you work with like those direct converting ads, I think is is really big. There's so many brands that are companies that are that top of funnel approach. Yeah. Um, and the smaller brands are just, they're not, they're not there. You know, right. you gotta be yeah. the Nikes, um, maybe yeah. not even that size, but you gotta be top of funnel. Um, and, and that's always kind of, uh, just talking to that subject, like talking about, you know, are you advertising up here to get people to know about your brand or down here where it brings a direct conversion mm -hmm. and knowing when with a brand that you've kind of just milked everything you can from the bottom uh, and you need to go back and kind of build that top of funnel is like, is honestly a very big challenge. It Especially is, it is. In, like, getting these results here for such a long time. Right, yeah. And, and we, and you're right, like, you know, some some bigger brands, we work with a few big brands, work with a, a big P&G owned brand, but most of our, our clients are that, you know, small, smaller, scrappy, up and coming e-commerce brand. Maybe they're doing a few million, five million, ten million, and growing, uh, but still, still scrappy. And so, you know, we we do like to look at, hey, if we're running a YouTube campaign, are, are we getting some brand lift, right? So, of course, we're measuring direct conversions, but are we also leading to more people searching for this brand on Google? And are are our search and shopping campaigns growing once we turn on? YouTube, but ultimately, you know, the type of client we work with, they want to see those direct sales and those direct conversions. If you're larger and you got a big brand and you've got, you know, you're in retail stores and you're selling online, you got all these other things, then, then a, a, a more brand play makes sense. Uh, but I think there's a, a, a way you can approach it where you can actually do a little bit of both, right? You can, you can drive sales and also begin to build that brand over time. I love that. I want to get into the YouTube tips just a little bit because this yeah. is very unique for me. Before we do, a quick shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Um, YouTube. Okay, so both um, the show, Startup Hustle podcast, Startup Hustle, the TV show we just dropped um, earlier this week. Um, we're on YouTube as well as Marknology has a channel on YouTube. Um, you know, I would love to have you you know take a look at my channel in in some Absolutely. ways um there there was a big push in 2019 um i ran ads uh then i joined the startup hustle podcast team and we started like just pushing all my shows to youtube and so that's created a lot of content i'm doing less of the on my own kind of content yeah. um so it's evolved but really even you know like the 101 stuff like um, and I, I love talking to expert stuff, but for people on the show, maybe that are interested in like, Hey, maybe I do need YouTube for my business and, and they're getting started. Like, what are the basics? What's the basics to, um, not just having a, an organic YouTube, you know, building, but like, what's, what's the basics of, you know, a, a good ad on YouTube? Yeah. And, and so just to, to clarify, I've got a, a decent understanding of what it takes to succeed organically on YouTube but that's not my area of expertise, right? Okay. Uh, really, on the, on the organic side, you know, you're you're trying to to build engagement and views, and and you're trying to tap into both what people are searching for, but also then those those recommended videos and kind of tapping into mm -hmm. to Google's organic, you know, algorithm. Uh, we focus on the ad side, and then so that's where I spend a lot of my time, and and just like you mentioned before, I still get into the details and the weeds, even though I'm running the the team, and we got a team of 
of 45 now okay. uh, that, that work for us. Uh, I, I will still get into to YouTube and the details of, of YouTube, but uh, the type of ads we run, and there are a few different types, but I think that these are the most beneficial and probably the ones you should consider first. We're running the, the pre-roll skippable ads. So they're called TrueView ads. So when you go to YouTube and you go to watch, you know, an e-commerce video or, you know, how to fix your lawnmower video or whatever, you know, some YouTube influencer video, it, it's the, the ad that pops up first, right? And after five seconds, you can skip it if you're not into it. But those are called TrueView ads. And so a couple of things to, to know about those ads that, that's really important is uh, if someone skips, you as an advertiser don't pay. So they're called true view because you only pay if someone actually engages with the ad. So someone has to watch 30 seconds of the ad if it's longer than 30 seconds or the entire video if it's less than 30 seconds or they have to click through the ad to your site before you pay anything. And so it's kind of cool. So if someone is not interested and they click that skip button, you know, a few seconds in or you know, seven or eight seconds in or whatever, or 28 seconds in, you as an advertiser don't pay, which is cool. Uh, the other amazing thing about YouTube ads is all of the, the behavioral data that Google has it's, it's, as it's at its disposal, but then also like these intent-based signals that you can use for your audience targeting. So you can use things like, what are people searching for on Google? And then you mm -hmm. can target those people on, on YouTube. And what types of videos are people watching that can kind of show interests and, and, and behavior and you can target those people. And so, and we can get into audience targeting in, at great length if you'd like. Uh, and, and then you can also, you know, give Google goals and say, Hey, we want to, our goal with this campaign is to get conversions. So, and that means purchases. And so we want to pay $50 per conversion or, or whatever the case may be. And over time, Google can work towards hitting that. And so that's the type of ad we run very successful for, for e-commerce uh, businesses. It's not that common. You know, there's a, there's a lot of Facebook agencies for e-commerce. There aren't that many YouTube for e-commerce agencies. Uh, we're actually one of the, one of the top spenders on, on YouTube ads for e-commerce. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of a quick overview. And then, man, I'm happy to dive into any specific there that you want. No, I love that. And, um, I'm, I, I've ran those types of ads. It seems very similar to Amazon in regards to, um, you know, you can run ads on Amazon. You only pay if they get engaged with. So someone right. clicks through, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of things that are just different about Amazon than traditionally Google, um, from the PPC side, but it seems like on the YouTube side, they're kind of following that model. Um, and that was how I built a, a lot of my channel. Um, just getting it initial views and clicks and, and engagement with my videos and being able to track how long they watched and yeah. those kinds of things was really cool. Um, but definitely was, was swimming in the muck, so to speak, as far as like, you know, understanding everything and figuring it out um, on the fly. Yeah. It, they different animals. So we, you know, we do a lot of search based advertising on Amazon and on Google, you know, a lot of Google shopping ads, which Google shopping is kind of, very related to sponsor product ads on, on Amazon. And so there's some, some elements that apply to, to YouTube, but YouTube is a different, it's a different beast, you know, and you have to kind of approach it differently, think about it differently. And, and yeah, we're mainly looking at, Hey, how do we drive direct sales? Mm -hmm. And also how do we see that halo effect, that lift from running YouTube ads? And then, so there's some kind of creative ways we can, we can measure that as well.
Yeah, I love that. Do you guys, um, when you say e-commerce, like, is that just any business on Amazon that's selling or that's, on, sorry, that's online that's selling? Or is it specifically like um, product-based or service-based, I guess is what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, specifically product-based. So product-based e-commerce. So like we, a uh, friend of mine, uh, Groove Life, the Silicon Wedding Rings, we helped them get launched on YouTube. Uh, Boom by Cindy Joseph, run by Ezra Firestone, a good friend of mine. We run all their all their Google search and shopping and, and YouTube ads. But you know, we work in the in the personal care space, supplements, accessories, automotive, but all but all physical products. And uh, that's just kind of the the area that we enjoy working in. And I think it is really well suited for for YouTube as well. Yeah, I think one could argue that you know if you were going for contact forms or you know email signups or different goals like that that could be easily attainable as well just depending on what kind sure. of creative and you sure. know stuff you're running yep yep yeah and then i know people that do that we have not done a lot of that we kind of worked with a basketball training company for a while which is really fun because a basketball guy but uh but you know what's beautiful about about youtube free commerce is the the ability to to do product demonstrations right to to show rather than just to tell and to allow the story to, to really come to life. And that is something that I, that I learned back in the early days when I was helping people on TV is there's, you know, we would run local TV, like for a local jeweler um, that, that I've worked with for years and years. And once he started advertising on TV, he became famous, right? Like he was a local celebrity because he was on TV and it's like, well, just paying for ads it's not not that big of a deal but it did kind of create a local celebrity feel and they converted they led to to sales and there's kind of a similar effect when you're on youtube like there's this, there's this legitimacy to, to having a video ad on youtube you look like a real business and then you've got the ability to to demonstrate the product and and do things in the presentation of your product that you can't do with just a static image or even just like an animated you know giphy or something like that so. No, that's huge. And and my brain's spinning just with some of the challenges I've had over the last nine years with brands. Um, and it's it's common. Um, and on Amazon, you know, you have a limited amount of space to tell a story from photography to the A plus pages or the storefront, you can add video now, but things have evolved over the years. Um, but if you're ever dealing with like an invention, or a premium product where you need just a little bit more time, a little bit more space to yeah. educate about the product, right? And show, oh, this is a really cool thing. The photos mm -hmm. don't do it justice. Like, you know, we need to show that for people yeah. to get it. Um, th these would come in huge, you know, because yeah. that's what that that's our challenge in those in those spaces is um, fully getting them to understand what this new product or the yeah. or the reason yeah. why it's premium. Yeah. And something really interesting there. So I'm, I'm going to uh, shout out to my buddy, Austin Bronner from uh, e-commerce influence podcast. He, he has a great way of framing this. He talks about, you know, is your business and is your product more of um, demand capture or demand generation, right? And demand yeah. capture is more about there's all this existing demand for your product category. All you're doing is you're trying to, to grab some of that demand. So we're selling pizza cutters or we're selling spatulas. Like someone just, they're not going to think about that for very long. They're just going to search for spatula and go buy one, right? Uh, or there's there's demand capture where, yeah, maybe it's a premium product or maybe it's solving a problem in a way that isn't instantly obvious when you just look at a picture. Or we one time worked with this, this 
a company that had this unique hair accessory that nobody really knew existed and no one's searching for it. So there's like, there's no existing demand. You got to go out there and, and generate all of that demand. And so YouTube works really well if you need to either uh, be fully demand generation or you'd benefit for, for some of both, right? If it's very simplistic product and, and I'll use some terrible examples, but you know, spatula or toilet paper or something like that. Like, I don't know, you know, YouTube may not be the thing unless you're you know, a big toilet paper brand or something like that. Uh, but if you need that demand generation, you need to tell the story uh, to, to justify the premium price uh, or to get people to, to know that you uh, exist and that you solve a problem in an interesting way, then, then YouTube is a great fit for that. Brett, that's genius. Um, and credit to where credit is due, if that's your buddies. Um, but demand generation and demand capture, um, I haven't I haven't heard it put into those words or those two phrases, but that is absolute gold. And that is the challenge. Um, you know, when I'm launching products on Amazon, it is, you know, if there's a, if you're needing to create demand generation, there's only so many things you can do on Amazon, right? Right, right. You, you either have to mis mislead people by getting them in through keywords that aren't accurate which goes yep. against Amazon's algorithm because you're actually trying to get high conversion, good yeah. click-through rate. If yeah. you have a high click-through rate. And leads to returns and stuff too because I bought a product not long ago and it was, it was a, a misleading title. I was like, oh, why did I do this? I should know better. But I returned the product and I, and I was really Yeah, they're doing that because they don't have actual demand for their product. Right. So they're trying to right. piggyback yeah. on something close, right? Um, or the other one is to market against a competitor that's close or to market like on a a similar product, right? Like a like product, like um, uh, hand cleaning wipes go with gym equipment, for mm -hmm. example, or something like that, right? And, and that's a silly example, but the goal being like, okay, they're not thinking about hand wipes, but they are getting gym equipment and they would need this, right? Yeah. And so that's like, that's you're not going to get a great ROI um, right. on those types. You, you can get sales, you can build some momentum, but you're not going to get like the best ROI right. Right. because it's, a, it's an uphill battle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. th for anyone listening, like uh, that might sound like 101, um, but it's actually very challenging um, when you have a product that you completely understand. You're like, this makes so much sense. Why wouldn't people want this? Um, okay, but how are you going to get it in front of people if they're not searching for it? Got to educate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's really interesting about what you just said, there are actually some options to, to sort of do that with, with YouTube, right? So, so you, can, you can target people. I mentioned you can target people based on their search behavior. So there's an audience you can build that allows you to, to form an audience based on what people are searching for on Google and also what they're searching for on YouTube. So let's just say that you sell a product that, that is a little higher consideration, right? Someone's gonna spend a little time researching it and looking into it. Uh, we're helping a client now that sells a, a, a percussion therapy device. So like a, like a Theragun or a Hyperice, those are kind of the two established leading brands. But that's a that's an expensive purchase, like three hundred to six hundred dollars for some of them. Um, you can find someone on Amazon for a hundred bucks. But uh, what we can do there is we can we can target people searching for things like Theragun reviews or Theragun versus Hyper Ice, right? So now we know, okay, this is someone that's in the category, but they haven't made a decision yet, right? So we can we can build those audiences, and now we can speak directly to them, right? Like we we can say things like. Hey, have you, have you seen a device like this and wondered, does it actually work? And if it does work, is it really worth $600? You know, stuff, stuff like that. And so both the, the, the audience building and then that direct messaging. And, and so with that, 
then we're, we're, we're creating demand. You know, we're, we're, we're going after someone that's already aware and somewhat interested, but then we're creating demand for our, our client's product. I love that. That's genius and making me want to hire you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's for sure chat. Yeah. A uh, hard sell. Like I'm in, um, no, because that can just be so challenging on, you know, we're Amazon, we're an Amazon focused agency. We do some off Amazon stuff. Um, but it's been, you know, our client, our strength is Amazon. Yeah. And within Amazon, especially if you're dealing with brands that are directly like ROI conscious, um, you know, they're not just trying to build top of funnel stuff, then you're very much you're like, those aren't great options for us. Right. Right. Those right. ones that are, let's go bid on a competitor's brand. And, and there is a difference between people knowing they want a Theragun or a percussion you know, um, therapy, knowing that, that there's demand for that right now, right? Theragun and then yeah, have created sure. that demand. And so you're just like, kind of stealing some of that market share versus being Theragun at the beginning and trying to create, you know, demand from scratch is a completely different game. Yeah. Completely different, especially when like, yeah, now we've probably all seen a percussion therapy device, or maybe we've used them. We're like, holy cow, this is amazing, and they really are amazing. Uh, but yeah, when when Theragun first started, you're like, what is this thing? This is crazy, you know. And so they did yeah, a little bit of everything, right? They had like Tim Ferriss talking about it on his podcast, and they did video stuff on organic things, and and so yeah, they they really did. Uh, they were trailblazers uh, in in the space, which is which is interesting. And and yeah, kind of to your point before, like if you're just getting started and just gaining momentum. And, and you do have like a demand capture element to your product man. start with sponsor product ads, right? Like, like have, have Andrew and team run your sponsor product ads and sponsor brand video and sponsor brand ads and things like that. And then do Google search and Google shopping. You can actually do Google search to Amazon if you want as well. Uh, but then, yeah, once you're kind of gaining momentum, then, you know, look at, at something like YouTube, uh, unless you're complete demand generation and you've got you got no search volume to, to to grab a hold of then you got to start with youtube and stuff first yeah it's like what are your options like you yeah. know I, if yeah. i could if i had my pick of the litter every time i would pick an ideal influencer over every other method mm-hmm. you just can't that's not always available right so available. You, yeah yeah you're a little not, bit at their mercy right and i love influencer marketing in fact i've, I've got a podcast as well if you don't mind quick plug uh, e-commerce yeah. evolution but I, but i interviewed a guy named sean frank with ridge wallets brilliant guy you should have him on the podcast he's awesome okay. uh, i can make that connection but he uh we recorded a, an episode and like most of what ridge wallets does is influencer marketing but they don't they don't like go and get people to just create a video about wallets right because that's boring how many people are going to watch a wallet video but they go out and they find people that are like Fortnite, you know influencers or or minecraft or other you know whatever camping gear stuff and then they just put a ridge wallet plug into that video and anyway they've got a whole system it's it's fantastic um but still as you work with an influencer and that's not my game i'm only speaking based on what i've just learned and seen you don't have a ton of control right and you, you can't make the influencer do this or that um what i like about what we do is you, you can do whatever you want with these ads right and you're full control of spend and you see all the views and you, you know you can really dial in the costs i think both are great and i would i would agree with you like if you had to just pick one influencer is a pretty great way to go but I also like the the control that you have with with uh, the pre-roll YouTube ads. 
No, 100%. And my point just being, I think that if you have the right influencer with the right audience, that's just hard to beat with any kind it of is, is. real paid, authentic, yeah, paid yeah, yeah. channel, right? It's just authentic, totally it's just like perfect. Um, because it's word of mouth, it's digital word of mouth from yeah, someone it's word, that, of mouth, you know, word of mouth amplified. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, but but outside of that, you know, we have these other options. Like I know for a fact that Amazon rewards off Amazon traffic it to is. Amazon. Um, so that's a big deal. And what are you know, if you're selling a book, let's talk about that for example. So, like if you're selling a book, um, there's you're limited in the amount of ads and the type of ads that you can use on Amazon. So it's one of the hardest ones. It's also one of the oldest, you know, you started with books. Um, I've been successful with books and unsuccessful with books and authors, like, you know, just trying different things and learning along the way. And um, you need a strong off Amazon effort to grow a book's mm -hmm. rank in on Amazon. Um, so those kinds of things in certain categories, it's needed more so than just trying to compete in a limited space on Amazon. So it's like, what can we do outside of keyword based? And that comes, okay, let's Facebook is audience targeting YouTube is audience targeting, like, what are some other options DSP? Yeah. Um, and that's where it gets exciting for me, like, because I'm always trying to win, right? And if we can't win here, like, what are our other options? And it comes, well, you need kind of a hierarchy of, of what what would work. Um, and so I just want brands to hear on this podcast, anyone listening, any founders, like, you know, e-commerce is holism. It's how do all these channels yeah. work together? Not every brand is perfect for this or that, but there's some that this can be a home run for. Mm -hmm. um, and as your, as your Amazon marketing team, like, we count on off Amazon efforts as well to be in sync, to be successful on Amazon. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think enough, so many people think of it as an isolated channel, um, but it's really not, you need, you need that almost like brand awareness outside. You need some of that kind of stuff happening, um, to grow. Do you guys create, um, follow-up question. Um, do you guys create the videos for brands or is it something that they bring you, they bring you assets and video and then you guys repurpose that for ads? Yeah. So, so we do both the, the most common and when we've kind of built a, a creative team, I've got a guy that, that kind of runs our creative efforts here. He was worked for a large ad, large ad agency for like 17 years. We actually went to high school, played basketball together too. But uh, so we can now, and then we've got this this team of just amazing videographers and editors. So we kind of pull in a team as as our clients have need, and so we have some project where like start to finish we create it. What's usually more common though is that a client will come to us and they'll say, "Hey, we've got like this product demo video, and we've got these." customer testimonials and and so we had some good stuff here but it's not ready for youtube right so we'll we'll pull that together with a, a script and a voiceover and edit it and pull it together so that it is youtube friendly and so it's got the right conversion elements and and the right you know hook elements in the beginning to get someone to to watch and to kind of pull them all the way through and stuff uh, but yeah we can do either we can create from scratch but what we do most is take some existing elements and then some new elements to create a, a winning YouTube ad. No, it's really helpful. And, you know, with, we do the same thing on Amazon that, and there's so much synergy in digital marketing, but like on Amazon, a lot of times a brand has assets for their website or their social media. That's high quality. You know, they're like, they're going to be great for Amazon. They are great in their own silo. They're not great for Amazon. We need to add call to actions. We need yep. to, you know, be more educational and then instead of salesy in some ways, um, sometimes it's a flip flop. 
Um, you know, so that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah. in the same way we're telling brands, like you have a lot of stuff, it just needs to be tweaked a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. knowing that someone can come to you with nothing and, um, you know, still get ser- sure. service is, is big. Yep. Yep. And, and so sometimes why people come to us that a, a lot of the advertisers that come to us, they're, they're spending big money on Facebook ads and Instagram ads and usually running video, but you know, they want to diversify They're They're concerned about, you know, volatile CPMs on, on Facebook or iOS 14 issues or, or something like that. So they think, man, we want to diversify on, on YouTube, but sometimes the video ads that work on Facebook are, are short, just product just product demo only <clears throat> excuse me i get excited when i talk no yeah right. yeah <laughs> talk video ads get choked up here uh but they're just product demo and then you know on facebook you're relying on the the copy above the video to kind of complete the story well on youtube the video has to do the the, the whole storytelling and convincing and overcoming objections and all those things and so a lot of times what works on facebook is just going to be a piece of the video on YouTube, and then you gotta create, you know, the the proper lead or proper hook, and then some of the other conversion elements on on the back end of it. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, YouTube ads are definitely a different beast compared to video ads in other in other areas. At the core of all of it is storytelling. It's so true, man. It's so true, and like, yeah, it's storytelling, and it's learning. Okay, how do we how do we properly tell that story to get people interested right in the beginning? And then to keep their interest, you know, what is the the tone and pace that we need to make this work? What's our story arc? You know, things like that. But yeah, it, you're right. It is storytelling at the end of the day. I think that's what it like. And that's what's made um, me love e-commerce so much is like growing up the way I grew up. Um, storytelling is at the core of, you know, um, of that and yeah. being able to be like, okay, business, at least in regards to e-commerce and the science behind it is legitimately, okay, for each medium, there's a different way to tell the story most effective in this platform, you know, whether it's like reels on Instagram or TikToks or posts on Instagram and hashtags and on YouTube, it's get them into it, get them continuing to watch, you know, like get them to say, wait till the end, don't leave till the end, you know, if you're on TikTok or whatever they're doing, because there's a close to it. Um, it's cool. It's hard to stay up to stuff to date. That's why you got to have pros like yourself, you know, that, so I don't have to learn everything about YouTube. Um, (laughs) but I love, I love hearing from professionals that at the core of it, again, storytelling. It is storytelling. Yeah. And I mean, that's like one of the most human things we can do, right? That's what, uh, I was tucking in some of my little people. Uh, I've got a four-year-old named named Ben and a six-year-old named Sydney. And they're like, dad, tell us a story. And so I was like, uh, I don't know. So I just like remembered some stories when I was a kid and told them, but they loved it. Like they were, they were just like staring at me and totally engaged. And they, they now, you know, they'll remember that. And so like storytelling is, is a big deal and we can tell stories that are compelling and that are authentic about products and people love that. They want that. And it, and it works. Yeah. I love it. Uh, this has been really good. And I think we could probably go for several hours, um, <laughs> for sure. yeah. especially if I started trying to dig you into some of the weeds and I'm not going to not going to throw you out there. But I like, um, you know, YouTube is YouTube is a huge was it the number second is it the second largest search engine. Yep. Yep. So it's second largest search engine right behind Google, even though it's not a search engine, it's a, it's a video sharing site. But more searches are conducted on YouTube than on any other search engine not named Google. And then it's also the second most visited site. So in terms of just site traffic, it's number two behind Google. And so you have kind of this interesting mix of you can be highly targeted and highly specific 
when you're running YouTube ads, but then you just have immense scale opportunity as well. So it's a really unique environment. I love it. Um, and as a big fan of Gary V, like, yeah, um, you too. know, he, he was the first mentor I had before I had a real mentor. First person I came across that was just like authentically himself. Yeah. Did Heard you watch back in like the wine library TV days and stuff like the flip camera? So I think 2013 for okay. me is when okay. I was introduced. Like I think yeah. a little bit after that, you know, yeah. after yeah. the wine library, but I relate to him a ton because he essentially used a channel like YouTube to build his dad's business, you yeah. know, gave that to his dad, started an agency, VaynerMedia built around helping brands using things like YouTube and, and the things he had learned me in a similar situation, worked corporate, built Amazon business, you know, built those businesses on Amazon by several million, walked away, built my own kind of with those things I had learned. Um, and so very similar paths. And so for the longest time, like, um, you know, followed him and his methodology and kind of his teaching is the first time in the business world that I had seen someone be like real authentically themselves, um, and pushing content and kindness and all those things, you know, yeah, modern yeah. Jesus in my mind with a couple F bombs <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, yeah. uh, probably how Jesus would be if he was here anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And what's interesting. So, and I totally agree. I lo love Gary V. Uh, do you follow Ezra Firestone? I mentioned him in the beginning, but do you, do you follow Ezra? I don't. Okay, so you, you got to consume some of Ezra's content recommendation. Anybody out here, if you're in the e-commerce space, you got to follow Ezra Firestone and Smart Marketer. He literally looks like Jesus, uh, beard and long hair. Uh, yeah. But like, you know, his motto is serve the world unselfishly and, and profit. But I think there's this, there's this, and, and so he's a, a lot like Gary Vee, but a little less like, you know, work 16 hours a day, does, doesn't have as much of that. Um, but I, I think there's this, this cool thing that, it relates to guys like Ezra and Gary Vee and maybe Tim Ferriss would be in that category as well. It also applies to brands. Like you can be authentically you and your product can be authentically what it is. And you still need to understand sales and, and, and influence and persuasion and things like that. But you can be authentic. You don't have to be schlocky about it. You know? Yep. No. And that's something that um, I had to kind of learn the hard way um, as someone that doesn't come with a background in business. Um, it was trying to learn all these business principles and read and take in podcasts and like, you know, read marketing books, read advertising books. Um, what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? And trying to be that and um, not really filtering it through. Okay, take that advice, filter it through who Andrew Morgan's is, and yeah. then I have the product yes. I need to deliver with. Um, it took me a few years to learn that, but um, you know, to any young founders that are listening or young want to be entrepreneurs or are there, um, I encourage that. Just uh, you know, that's your magic sauce. Um, you know, be authentic. That's what attracts people to you to your business, yeah. Um, yeah. and it might turn some people away, but just know that those are the it's wrong totally ones. Cool though. Yeah. Right. You know, so as you get more comfortable with rejection, it becomes a lot easier, you know, yeah. to be yourself. And so for me, that's, you know, having a beard sometimes like, you know, uh, coming into meetings. Very where... Nice beard, by the way, Andrew, it's it's finally groomed Thank and finally trimmed. I, it looks like you do use product, you use product to keep that. that beard uh, I do just a little yeah. bit. I'm not like a huge product guy, but yeah, it doesn't look over to. the top at all. Not like, you know, hairspray or anything. Look, look, looks, it looks legit, dude. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. Um, it's like the one thing like we can change on our bodies, I guess, like as dudes, it's like our <laughs> yeah. haircut and our beard, you know, yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's winter here. Um, but no, these things were like big lessons to me and things that as I've learned them have really um, my business grow, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, in big ways. And I think that um, everyone can always be a little bit better at authentically being ourselves. But yeah. um, 
yeah just last thing like i will i will check out ezra firestone yeah do it um and i think uh you know some of those guys just being leaders and trailblazers in that space from um you know being creators first first they had to be obsessive to learn something at a high level and then you know and then it's uh, okay take that and like who can i share it with and um yeah so i've had a big interest in youtube even though I'm not a YouTube influencer. I just needed to make money. Like I, I feel like in those days, there's a lot of Amazon influencers. And so it hasn't been my, my passion, but I still um, have a lot of professional curiosity for the platform. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, an, it's an untapped opportunity. And it's one of those things where, you know, going back to that authentic thing, you know, you want to be yourself, you want the brand to be who it is. Uh, but there's still, there's value in modeling, right? There's value in, mm-hmm. in finding, these are successful ads. Why were they successful? What can I learn from that? What are some elements in there? Like, like a story arc, right? Like just the, how should a story unfold? And I can still tell my story how I want to tell my story, but, but following some, some principles and some guidelines. And so, so that, that's one of the things we, we do. And I've got a free re- resource if, if you want to check it out, uh, Ever Andrew, that, that's like, here are some of the most successful YouTube ads, why they were successful, and kind of breaks down the formula behind it so that you're at least saying, okay, I want to bring my authentic story to this, but how do I tell it and how mm-hmm. do I say it? And, and the, those, those guides, those, those examples really help with that. For me, just like, and I'll, I'll end with this and I want to know where people can find you before we sign off. But yeah. um, for me, it was, uh, I'm like one of those, the, I picture like when I'm telling a story, the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I see beginning to end all the sides, every angle. Um, it's like not photographic, but it's just how I, my brain thinks. Um, so it becomes difficult for me sometimes to have a straight line as simple as possible story. Okay. Yeah. Without all of the details. Well, that's what you need for ads, right? Sure. You need, um, you know, a straight line to the story. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to learn in that regard, like how to be more succinct, how to be more just like deliberate with exactly what you're trying to say. Um, don't expect, don't assume that people know what you're talking about. Um, you know, from a product standpoint, you have obsessed about this product maybe for years, maybe your whole life, you know, for some people, um, you know, everything about it. You, it makes so much sense. Don't assume that everyone else does like, right. you know, right. get someone to help you with that story, run some case studies, AB tests, what made this one good? What made this one bad? Um, you know, those are the kind of things that, you know, professionals like you can help someone learn way faster. Um, but even if you're doing it on your own, um, you know, you have to try, try and fail at things to kind of learn, um, you know, what's the best way to do anything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think there's a, you know, I'll make a quick plug for a book that, that's not mine. It's just one of my favorite books uh, called Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. And they talk, okay. it's really a book about communication, but they talk about a concept called the curse of knowledge. And the idea behind this is, once you know something, so it's like for me, I've obsessed about YouTube ads for years and years now, or, or for you know, an e-commerce store owner, they've obsessed about their product. They can't think about their product without their knowledge, right? So they can't step back and see it like someone who's brand new to the product would see it. And so that's where you kind of need that outside perspective to come in and, and, and really shed light on, on some things. But what's Made also to stick. Made, made to stick. stick. One, of the, one of the most fun books, but also most educational. They also talk about in the book, it's not a book about advertising, but they do they do reference advertising some, where they did like the study of some of the most successful ads. And the most successful ads, you can all categorize them into about six different kind of templates or categories. But unsuccessful attitude or unsuccessful ads, 
you can't really categorize them because they're all just different in their own different way, right? Okay. It kind of shows that like, hey, there should be a structure here. There should be some things you follow here. Sure, tone, some of the specific words you use, that that can be creative, but but following a structure is, is still valuable. Kind of like uh, the storybook brand, right? Where there's yeah, like- Yeah, Donald Miller, the story, yeah, building a story brand, absolutely. And I think that's the type of thing where have a structure, be you, but have a structure. That's a fantastic book as well. Yeah. That one was one that definitely impacted me in the way I, you know, kind of see a product from a product, a story within the product and um, real impactful. This has been awesome, Brett. Like before we sign off, I'm going to have obviously all of your information in the YouTube notes uh, and when the podcast goes live, but where can people find you? How can they get in contact? Sure. So a uh, best way is to go to omgcommerce.com. That's the agency website. Uh, I mentioned uh, the guide a minute ago. We, we put to get, put this resource together for our own team initially, but some of the top most successful YouTube ads, why they're successful, what kind of formula they follow. So it's so a top YouTube ad uh, examples and templates. It's free on, on the website. So go check that out. I uh, also have a guide on how to get authentic customer testimonials on video and uh, some other Amazon things, so, so you can check that out. So omgcommerce.com. Uh, then I'm also, I'm, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not the most active, but I will connect with you if you reach out. Uh, I'm on on Facebook and Instagram, although I've been trying to focus less on social media. So again, I'll, I'll connect with you there, but I'm not super responsive there either. But uh, omgcommerce.com is probably the best way. You guys heard it. Um, and these these will be in the notes um, where you can find them. But if you guys are listening, ever driving in the car, um, you know, just find us on Startup Hustle, Startup Hustle TV. You'll be able to find all the links to today's episode. Once again, before we sign off, uh, shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. If you need software developers, um, you know, software technology needs in your business, Fullscale.io is a great way to, um, you know, either find that talent in the first place or offset some of those those things within your own business. Um, I use them in Marknology. They're fantastic. I've been using them for years. Um, Matt DeCourcy um, and Matt Watson have been using uh, these resources for years and years and years to build their company. So um, a great resource for anyone looking for tech needs. Brett, this has been awesome. I know you're in Springfield. If you're in Kansas City, please look me up. We'll have to get a coffee or a beer. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's get both. Uh, Love it. And same if you come to Springfield, let's definitely connect. But uh, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. See you later. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.